little song there done by Randy, Randy Crawford. And wow, what an amazing singer. She was one of my favourites when I was growing up, Randy Crawford. Yeah. I actually called in to Jim Will Fix It to ask him if I could sing with her. Really. But that was a dream of mine. That was, And there's still time, there's right? There's time. There's time. <laughs> there's still time. How are you all doing out there in All Flavours Radio Land on this rather dark and um, wet evening on, what's the date today? The 27th of October. Wow. 27th of October 2020, naturally, Lily. I know. It's gone, um, it's gone quick, hasn't it? <laughs> Whole year's gone very, very fast. Mm. And wow, what can we say? We're coming to the last week of Black History Month as well. Mm. You know, that uh, this month went quickly, didn't it? It did. It went and, very quick. And what did you think about your Black History Month? What did it mean for you? Um, it was an eye-opener. Mm. It was an eye-opener. It was a game changer. A lot of, I've seen a lot of change over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, still a very, very, very long way to go. Um, but but like, yeah. like you said, we've got to make it a start. A start, yes. Yeah? It's the beginning. That's right. So it, it, it's not the end of Black History Month, but we're making it a start to make sure that we are implementing all of our needs and everything to do with us, FUBU mm-hmm. for us and by us. <laughs> That we are instilling it into our lives, right? Definitely. And that's the most important thing. Definitely. So kicking off this week then, we were watching a David Attenborough programme and we were speaking about peoples like consumers and everyday person, consumers and employees about our carbon footprint Mm -hmm. because it was actually quite a serious programme. Yeah, it was... It was an eye. It was an eye opener. It was very interesting. He spoke about um, how over the last what was it, seventy years that yeah. he's been a TV presenter and he goes and does all these wild wildlife shows. Um, how he's seen the deterioration of wildlife. Yeah, the forests. Uh, the pl- yeah, the plains, the planet, mm. and how. Even, I think it was in the 70s, the, the population has increased. Yeah. And so, lo and behold, the animals and everything, mankind, due to his consumerism, mm-hmm. everything is falling apart, you know? So if you hear any children in the background, this is a family house, so <laughs> please. You know, so, and they scream very loud as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's um, quite concerning as regards to the way the planet's going, right? It is, but it was, again, a start, a direction, some information on where we can go from here. Because mm. he obviously was really tackling some very um, hard-to-swallow topics, like what's happening with the oceans, um, with over-farming, over-fishing, mm. um, and something something as simple as farmers needing land contributing to deforestation Mm. so he did tackle some really um profound areas um he started off talking about chernobyl didn't he um and that's where this kind of you know grew from but then it it ended in a positive way because it kind of told us what we can do Mm. to contribute to you know reducing 
our carbon footprint mm. and therefore prolonging the just restoring the, the yeah, yeah that's because the word. what I loved at the end of it was although there was that catastrophe in mm. Chernobyl mm. that forest had actually grown yeah, up that's full of life yeah that, that the earth was given time to breathe mm. and the earth repairs itself but the worst animal if you want to say that is the humankind mm. and how we've been given such a beautiful planet and how we are just through our consumerism mm. through our greed or through whatever that we're not even given a thought to wildlife mm. and we're not even given a thought to the planet but then you you over the last year okay mm. we can look back and say we've actually witnessed the earth you know restoring itself because before in um china i think before or during the covid period the pop the pollution was decreased by 50 percent mm. and then things are simple things like in um venice where they've got the canals yeah um there was no life in them before and now they've got you know they're seeing fish, fish and they're seeing life yeah. in the canal so just those momentary lapses of us being on lockdown and us being forced into you know staying at home and not really going out and being a consumer um it has contributed to to the world restoring itself. But you know what I found interesting? It was when he spoke about how mankind lack our reproduction. Okay, the population. Yeah, the so population before is... people were having a couple of number, like five children, whereas mm. now they shouldn't have <laughs> so many children. I don't know. Well, they're trying to because I I saw the population increased like, almost tenfold mm. so from just a couple of billion mm. to like over whatever seven eight to seven eight billion mm. obviously that is over a long period of time mm. but that this is what this i think this is what this whole thing this whole depopulation thing that has been spoken of mm. quite often we've heard it a lot you know with, with all this vaccine stuff and that they're talking about that or when they're going into places like africa and and making people infertile mm. So as to, it's not necessarily just Africa, but, mm. you know, so that the product, is it procreation, mm -hmm. that they can keep that minimal? Because the more people there are, is the more that we're going to need, right? Yeah. That's their take on it. Yeah. So, I mean, in China, they were only allowed to have one child at one stage. I don't think it's the same anymore. No, I don't think, I think and then he said about, was it Japan? They mm. were... Um, they went from having, like, they were having two children and that was it. Yeah. They would stop at two. Yeah. But before they was only allowed to have one. Um. And their population, uh, population has levelled out mm. and there's no increase there. Mm. was obviously in this, maybe the Western world, that there's people having more children, thus the population, you know... Growing. supply and demand and it is a supply and demand <laughs> the demand is increased so the yeah. supply is so when we speak well. when we speak about our own personal green footprint mm. what are we doing or are we adding to that deforestation mm. are we adding to the, all the the issues that are coming up mm. so looking at our own habits mm. and seeing how we can best sort of contribute to a better earth yeah and it was simple things like not eating no meat, but reducing the amount of meat yeah. you eat every week. Um, and then, like what we spoke about last week, about um, growing vegetables, mm. learning how to cultivate the lands that you have. Because um, he spoke, was it the Netherlands has one of the highest populations in 
in the world, but they've learned how to um, grow goods, yeah. grow food and, and make it work for them. So they were utilising their space, weren't they? Yeah. They had all farms in the back of their yards or whatever. Yeah. They were big yards, but even how everything's solar powered, mm-hmm. the way that they, it was very, very cleanly done, mm. you know, and although they don't have the space for it, they come up with a solution mm-hmm. that could benefit society yeah. and they was they're one of the biggest contributors of yeah tomatoes it tomatoes? yeah it was it was um i'm sure it was vegetation like um, fruits and vegetables yeah. that was quite surprising for me yeah it was it was because a big I, surprise. I thought maybe somewhere like spain or because spain's got quite a lot of land i think that france does as well but then you have to the farmers have to rotate as well don't they when mm. they're planting they, you can't plant on the same space all the time. But that was what was interesting about the Netherlands. They weren't planting on farmland. They Ooh. had like greenhouses where they was using artificial lights almost yeah. to um, do that process. So yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting program actually. Yeah, yeah. Very, a Life on Our Planet is the documentary by David Attenborough. It's on uh, Netflix. Yes, very, very, very good. Mm. And you know, so we have to really think about su- a sustainable environment, mm-hmm. how we can contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And really, do we consume more than we need? Are we throwing food away? I mean, I threw some food away today. Mm. I felt a bit bad. I don't like to throw food away. Um, but yeah, so are we purchasing more than what we need yeah you know so obviously in this time everyone's sort of like oh what's tomorrow gonna bring yeah but just really again being mindful about all of that so it's david attenborough on netflix a life on our planet so go and check that check that out and and let us know what you think out there what's your green footprint like and are, are you uh helping aiding into the restoration of our beautiful planet are you looking out for ways that we can really keep, you know, keep replenishing. this replenishing the earth instead of us really destroying it? So we're going to give you this one. As it is Black History Month, we're going to go back on some of the characters that we've looked at. And this was George Carver, George Washington Carver. The People's Station. Education is the key to unlock the golden door of freedom. George Washington Carver said, and he would know. Though born a slave, Carver learned to read and write from his master's wife. Later, after abolition, he couldn't go to the local white school and so had to walk 10 miles to the nearest school he could attend. After finishing high school, Carver was accepted to college, only to be turned away when he showed up for classes and they realized he was black. So he went elsewhere to earn not only a bachelor's degree, but also his master's degree in botany, the study of plants. From there, Booker T. Washington selected Carver to run the Tuskegee Institute's Agricultural Department, where he would do his greatest work. As he said, education is the key to unlock the golden door of freedom. Carver realized that cotton farming was taking all the nutrients from the soil and that the boll weevil could come in and wipe out crops in entire states, so he found other crops farmers could plant to return nutrients to the soil. He not only taught farmers to rotate their cotton crops with sweet potatoes, peanuts, soybeans, and other plants, he famously devised over 300 uses for peanuts, everything from medicine to massage oil. Carver also said that when you do the common things in life in an uncommon way, you will command the attention of the world. And his life and work demonstrated his uncommon scientific genius in such a way 
that he did indeed command the attention of the world. In 1959, at the age of 29, Lorraine Hansberry became the first black woman to have a play produced on Broadway. The critically acclaimed Raisin in the Sun was loosely based on her childhood experiences trying to desegregate a white neighborhood. Celebrate her legacy and learn more about black history. AllFlavorsRadio.com, the people's number one station. Best music, the best presenters, the best station.
shouting out everyone in the chat room and tuning and listening out there in Radio Land. And saying a great, great big high five to all the DJs that done amazing over the start end. Saturday and Sunday, bringing a variety of music on allflavorsradio.com. Shouting out Joy McKay and Decima in the chat room and Norbert from Castries. So shout out George, Flavors, Michael, should I say Mr. Fix It, last night, great show, and also DJ Slim, doing fantastic. Okay, there was a bit of the brand new heavies there, and who did I play first as well, Leash? I can't remember, I'll tell you afterwards. This time just goes too quick. You know, so we're sending out our condolences, actually, to... And I must say a big apology for last week because I said, Marcus, first I was calling him Mark. It's Marcus Rashford. Plays for Manchester United. No, he doesn't. Oh, did I get it wrong again? How many Manchesters are there? Man City and Man United. And I think he plays for... Manchester United, because I said Man City last week, didn't I? No, you said Man United. Okay, well... Please can someone, (laughs) please, someone in Radioland... (laughs) Please let us know who Marcus Rushford plays for. They told us last week, Lily. I know, and I forgot. Man United. So never mind right then. No, I said Man City. Oh, oops. But the person that we're speaking about this week, whom we're sending condolences out to, does play for Man City. And it was a young man named Jeremy Whiston. So he was a former young, obviously on the youth team at Manchester City. And sadly, he was let go from the team and he took his own life. I mean, he was only 17 as well, Mm. which is really what a a heartbreak, heartbreak. And our condolences go out to the family. And really, this is this is another thing, isn't it? Mm. All his dreams and aspirations must have been to play professional football. Yeah. But sadly they let him go. And he was actually he was on the started on the under 13s team. Wow. So he's been there for about 4 years. Mm. But they let him go and depression, we know what depression is like, right? Yeah, we do. And the fact that he was 17 um he's obviously very young. Mhm. Um, he still had all his life ahead of him, obviously. Um, But his life, all he knew was football. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. And I think that's quite... It's quite sad. It hurts, yeah. That's very painful. Because it's not just the fact that, you know, he's obviously gone, then his family are now Mm. dealing with that loss Mm. along with the whole... um, situation that we're living in at the moment mm. um but yeah it's uh 
it's that's very sad. It says that he was depressed due to him being let go mm. from the team as well. So I don't know what the whole setup is on an academy, like a football academy. Mm. And maybe they have first, second, third teams. I have no idea. But in this sense, surely he should have got some form of counselling or something because that was his, possibly his hopes and his dreams lay there. Mm. And being let go... Thus, the depression set in because mm. then he must have been asking himself all sorts of things. He's not good enough. Why right. am I not good enough for the team? Yeah. He's been doing this since he was 13. Mm. Well, he Under would have been 30. doing this from before he was 13 because mm. he would have got scared at that age. But he most, most probably just felt like, why am I not good enough? Yeah. Because yeah. his next step would have been to go and play for maybe not Man City themselves, but maybe get sort of ball recruited team. from, an, yeah, from yeah. another team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... Do you know what? I was listening to a motivational... Um, I was on a motivational call yesterday and the person actually spoke about footballers mm. and she made the statement that you don't realise how much footballers actually make from sales of seats. Okay. So the fact that this young man has been let go or was let go is obviously a, a side effect, a repercussion, a consequence of COVID-19. And obviously no football matches have been... Um, supporters haven't been going to football matches, so they've mm. not been paying for seats. Mm. So they have to recoup that money somewhere. Yeah. And that obviously this Didn't is where they will going. start with, with the youngsters... Um, but yes, so many people are, it, it is affecting everybody. Yeah. And especially depression is so, it's such, it's I think now it's being spoken about yeah. a bit more. And I was speaking about this with someone at work. Um, it's a hidden illness, isn't yeah, it's it? it's invisible. Leash. When you have hidden illnesses, you kind of, people kind of overlook your illness Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be mm. better. I've got really bad SPD. I've got really bad pelvic pain. Yeah. Oh, you'll be fine. It's just a li it's a hidden illness. It's something that is not obvious to others, and especially this young boy. Mm. Um. Maybe he was speaking to someone about it, and they just was not receiving him. Mm. How he in a way that would have helped him because obviously it hasn't helped him. Yeah. Um, but how many more Jeremy Wistons are there? Are well, there? there, you know, his friend is a, who's a Liverpool player, Nico Williams. Mm -hmm. He said that we should always look out for each other. You yes. never know someone or how someone is feeling inside. Oh, definitely. And it was a bit like Robin Williams. He entertained the whole world, didn't mm -hmm. he? Mm-hmm the most funniest man in the world mm. but he was dying inside like yeah. it's the worst feeling it's the worst feeling not being able to at least speak to someone about how you're feeling mm. and don't ever feel ashamed about how you feel always you know find someone that you can speak to mm. and that alleviates the, the pain it's like they say a problem shared is it's a problem, problem halved hard. isn't it so obviously Again, this is a um, can be sometimes a man thing mm. because women we tend to talk yeah. to each other. Uh, however, sadly, men again they like to keep things inside, not speak about things. You know, and, and mm, another conversation that was had mm. this week 
I've had a lot of these conversations this week. Oh my goodness. Mm. Um, where someone said to me, um, men are told to man up. Yeah. Men are told be strong. Men are told, no, 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 you're fine. Mm. And especially, I don't, I, I don't know if this is a young black boy. Yeah, it is. I'm assuming he yeah. was. Young black boys are one of the ones that are told, come on, man, you're strong, you're strong, just, you're right, pick yourself up. Yeah, but they're one of the highest statistics that will will commit yeah. suicide. You because know. who do they talk to? Mm. They can't talk to their boys. Well, they think they can't talk to their boys. Mm. They go and talk to mum. Mum, Mum's coddling them. Then, mm. oh, no, you're just, you're just, just leave him. He's a big man. Leave him. Let him grow up. Yeah. And this is another cultural thing where, I mean, back Black History Month, let's talk about it. Yeah. This is another cultural thing where we need to understand. And right now I'm speaking to the male fathers out there, the uncles, the grandparents, the ones that are saying, you're strong. Yes, mm. they are strong. They're very, very strong. But in that moment, they are not. They yeah. feel weak. They feel helpless. They feel... They just they just don't feel. Yeah, they don't know where to turn. You know, or who who can I really? Who really has my back? That I know that they're not going to judge me. They're not going to hold it against me because I feel a certain way. Mm. They're not going to, you know, help me out for Mm. feeling. And I mean, seventeen. So he's just he's still a very young man. He's Mm. just past baby. He's in adolescence, and adolescence is a time again with these young. Women, like I said, or girls, they have their social group. Yeah. So we talk about everything, don't we, women? We just, yeah. you know. Near enough everything, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we, we get overlooked. Mm-hmm. That's maybe if we've not had, if our basis hasn't been great and we've coming dependent on the background that we're coming from. Mm-hmm. So we do, some people can feel isolated. I'm not saying all girls don't feel bad about themselves. Yeah. But a lot of the girls that, you know, growing up, we have a social circle. support system, yeah. Whereas these young fellows, they don't. But what I'd like to also highlight is, yes, he wanted to be maybe a big footballer for Manchester United. City. Sorry, (laughs) Manchester City. (laughs) Please forgive me. It just all blends into one for me. So I've got to learn a bit more about football, I think. Um, Yeah, so what kind of educational is there anything more than football because it's not just all about football but it is this is this is the problem I think because when you get to a certain age you're too old to be a footballer Mm. then other things will support you like when I hear them talking they're like oh he's 33 he's old I'm like (laughs) wow sorry what um but when you get to that point Mm. you've had however many years Playing, playing football yeah. and a lot of these boys have been playing football from boys yeah um that when they do then leave the main scene and they retire they don't really retire they then just go on to do other things mm. they get sponsors maybe or you know they just go off and do something else um but, but at they... 17 it's not about education it is about the fact that i'm gonna be a footballer i understand that but do they prepare them for that so do they prepare them listen you might not make the team we need to have something else in place. No, of course they don't. Why? Because they, they go to these young boys and they say, nah, you don't really like Celebrate whatever, dream. whatever topic it is that they're, you're really, really good at kicking a ball around though. Wow. And that is it. It is, they see talent and they nurture the talent. 
they don't, in my opinion, they don't nurture the talent, but say, you've got this talent, don't think it is everything. Do they say that? They don't say that. Of course they don't. They're not going to so because the because then? they're expecting him to be successful. They're expecting him to make it as a footballer, right? Especially if you've been recruited from from that young age. I know in the United States of America mm. that education you have to pass your exams in order to play. Yeah, you get dropped from the team if you don't meet certain criteria. So uh, that that kind of thing, I think that needs to be put into but place. But then no, because that's only up until a certain point. I think that's in high school. When you get to university college, mm-hmm. it's then it is all about kind of playing the game, isn't it? But by that point, I guess you know, I don't know. Mm. I just think you're not that they're not going to promote education for these youngsters because they're going to they're preparing them for being a professional footballer. Mm. Well, I think it's very sad and that, that they should put something in place because we have a loss now. This young boy is lost. And if they'd have not just filled his head with dreams, it's great to have dreams. But it we wasn't, that, it wasn't you know? I don't think it was a dream. I think it was a reality until exactly. we got into this, this state. Exactly. And then they couldn't, they weren't making no money from... Seats getting sold, so they had to make cuts in other places. Okay, oh, I'm understanding you, yeah. Do you understand what I mean? So yeah. he wouldn't, he most probably would have gone on and played for another team and he mm. would have gotten recruited by whatever team is in the league. But we have come to a point where we're in desperate times. Mm. And in desperate times, they desperate times mean desperate measures. They've had to make some cuts and release some people from... Well, you're not playing, so what? Why are you here? Jeez. So you've got to go. I really do send the condolences out to the parents mm. of Jeremy, and you know, I think so. There's someone else that said, "Be it education, job opportunities, a pathway back in the game, mm. or just as a basic, or just as basic as interaction and communication." So Jeremy's family have since set up a GoFundMe. So there's a GoFundMe for Jeremy Whiston and they've raised £8,000 mm. so far or at the time of the, the article. But they say education opportunity mm. and a pathway back into the game. So I, I think that this, as well as playing football, they sh- I don't know if they have classes, I really don't know. Can anyone outside there tell us um, what the whole protocol is when it comes to young boys joining football academies and is their ed- education taken seriously or is it all about the game? You've also got to look at him, though, as a person mm. because I know education is important, but when you... Like, we know he's obviously suffering from depre- or suffered from depression. Mm. It Regardless of whether he was educated to a point where he could have gone off and been an architect, an entrepreneur, a banker and whatever he was put in a position where he felt less worthy Mm. being alive hence him taking his own life so the most important form of education would have been actually how can we support this young man to get through this difficult time Mm. feeling the way he's feeling I think the other question that should be asked what should be what support mechanisms did they put in place for him when they let him go did they put him through counselling did they 
put him through therapy? Did they have someone there that, that could be girl. a go-to person that yeah. could support him in his time of darkness? Mm. Maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe he's just one of the, the cases that, unfortunately, we know that suicide happens. We know that is very, very high in men. It's at, at one point in reading, I think I read this last year, so it might be different now, 44% of male deaths was because of suicide. Mm. It's high. It's very high. So high. he might just be one of the statistics that they unfortunately was unable to help. Mm. Which or is, that they is just hard. let him go. They let him go without the support mechanism or support system that he needed. We can assume that, but That's assumption, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So disclaimer out there. This is the show when we're speaking is on based on research, but is also, you know, okay, we're gonna take this call. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Hi, good evening. I'm, just, I'm I'm calling this to regards um, the conversation about a young man that was who tragically took his, his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's talking about fo- footballing academies. Yes. Yeah, it's it's difficult because they are taken at a very young age. Yeah. Um, to be to play for the club, there's no they're not under contract. It's just an academy where they they come and they play, and they have, there are set conditions and rules that they have, they have to follow. Yeah. I think I think also there are liaison officers who are are paid to look after young players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that should be uh, something that's instituted in each and every club, whether that is or not. Mm-hmm. Is understand is 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 open to debate because obviously there's 92 clubs mm-hmm. in the league. So when you look at the football pyramid. So it's difficult to know whether this is something that is standard in, in all football clubs. Okay. Um, what about the education? Do you know anything on well, the education? Education, education is now part of, of, of the, the foot, footballing academy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when if we're going back to the 80s, it was slightly different. It, mm. it was about the talent and you were brought into the club, but it wasn't necessarily to be educated uh, academically, you would okay. be educated footballly. Okay. So, do you think that? Was, sorry, sorry. No, go on, go on. I was going to say. So, do you think that it's necessary and important for education to be play a big part, as a, you know, in the role of the club, if the club or the academy takes on a young person? Well, I, I think that's important, but also it's 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 even equally important to balance out the the, the aspirations. Of the young, of the, of the children that are coming into the academy, the mm. young boys, girls, girls now, young yeah. boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And is um, it all, is it all about is it all about just the game? Is it all about the game? And that's it. Well, it's at, at that age, at a young age, it is all about the game. Mm-hmm. When when you're young, when you're talking about under thirteens, under twelves, under under you, that age, mm. it is all about the game because emotionally. That's what is invested. Yeah. That's what they've invested. Wow, so it's an emotional um, thing then. Yeah, mentally, that's what they're invested in. It is about the game. Has they mature and develop? Yeah. Then it's, it's easier to balance that out. Okay. okay. Um, but but we got to understand that each and every child is different. Yeah. So realistically speaking, obviously he was um, recruited to play for the under-13s with Man City. Realistically mm-hmm. speaking, him going forward, his mm-hmm. chances of playing in 
mm. a top league um, team, do many of them get to that stage, or do they still just play in the in the smaller leagues? And and is that made clear to them when they're in these academies? Do they know where their direction, what direction they're going in? Well, when they're in an academy, they're just playing for that particular academy. Mm. Before in the 80s, I'm going back a bit, <laughs> and the 90s, you could play for other teams. Okay. So you could be in an academy and you could play for a Sunday league team. You might be able to, you, That was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, if you're in an academy, they're very reluctant for you to play for more than one side. Mm. Just because of fatigue, uh, bone development, mm-hmm. um, physical development. So they just want you to play for one team. So he would have been in that academy and played just for Man City. Whether he would have played for other teams, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but at a club like that, I would assume he would have just been playing for the academy. Mm. But so going forward have... past 18, would he have been recruited? That's what I mean. Is it? Oh, okay. Is that the direction he would be going in? And if it wasn't, would he have been told this? Well, they, as I said, they, they do have liaison officers that look after young kids now and, and young adults within the club. So hopefully he would have been, he would have been um, managed mm-hmm. in that sense. But the difficulty is, at, at that age, it's very difficult to see whether he would have made the grade. Okay. That, that is the issue. Not the fact that he might not have had a talent, but depending on the club and what, and what they are looking for, mm-hmm. it's difficult to know whether he would have met that standard. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I understand you talked earlier about bums on seats, but a lot of the academies are looking for a particular type of player mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to fit their system of the way they play. So sometimes it's not the fact that, that he's not a good player or maybe he, he, he wasn't developing. Mm-hmm. It was just that he didn't fit in to what Man City has a club made of, mm-hmm. have wanted. Okay. And unfortunately, when you look at an academy, you're not looking at just one particular person. Academy could have a number of, you're talking about maybe 15, 16, 20 young people within a, an academy mm. in that particular group of players. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's difficult to know whether he would have made the grade. He may not have made the grade of Man City, but there could have been an opportunity for him to maybe make a grade at a different club. Okay. But that's easy to say because, as I said, as a young person, each and every person at, at that age deals with rejection differently. differently. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you for giving us a heads up and helping us to understand. And, yeah, the whole background of you know, football clubs and how they run. Mm-hmm. And like we say, thank you for your call. Thank you. That's okay. Well, th- thank you for having me on. That's okay. Uh, great show. Uh, may it long continue. Thank, thank you. you. appreciate your time. Take thank care. you. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I just want to read this comment from Juliet. Juliet said, yeah. there is some education, but it depends on the academy. And once they finish compulsory school education, which mm. is eighteen nineteen the focus switches to football and maybe some yeah. education in sports science. Okay. So up to 18, I think the education is there, but thereafter it's kind of... It's just gone. Mm. But he was just let go, 17, and then we don't know if he had that liaison officer. We don't know if anyone followed up. So yeah. we really want to send out condolences to 
this young man's family, Jeremy Whiston. Like I said, they do have a GoFundMe page if you'd want to go make a contribution there for the family. And yeah, like like Liverpool player Nico Williams said, we always we have to look out for each other because we never know what someone's feeling inside. Mm. All right, so just keep that in mind. And yeah, condolences to the Whiston family. The People's Station. The color of the skin is in no way connected with strength of the mind or intellectual powers. Those are the words of Benjamin Banneker, and his entire life was proof of what he said. His math skills were so impressive that at age 22, he built a clock, carving all the gears himself out of wood. Banneker then went to work for a surveyor, laying out a 10 mile by 10 mile square of land. His job was to make the astronomical observations necessary to lay out that square of land perfectly. That square, by the way, became the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Banneker used his tremendous scientific knowledge to publish an almanac so that everyone from farmers to sailors would know when the high tide would be, what time the sun would setting, the phases of the moon. He calculated all this and laid it out in an almanac. Banneker's accomplishments are celebrated in books with an honorary postage stamp. And across this country, there are schools, elementary schools, high schools, academies, charter schools named in his honor. As great of a mathematician and scientist as Banneker was, he wasn't all math and science. He wrote to Thomas Jefferson complaining how Jefferson was all for the rights and liberties of people, but at the same time owned slaves himself. Banneker wrote Jefferson that, quote, you should at the same time be found guilty of that most criminal act which you professedly detested in others, end quote. In the end, we'll always remember Benjamin Banneker as a great mathematician and scientist. At 15, Elijah J. McCoy moved to Scotland seeking opportunities he was denied in America. His studies abroad led him to develop over 50 patented inventions, including the automatic sprinkler and the folding ironing board. It's believed the quality of his work gave rise to the term, the real McCoy. Celebrate his legacy and learn more about black history. AllFlavorsRadio.com, the people's number one station. Best music, the best presenters, the best station. Hi, this is Melba Moore. When I'm in London, I listen to All Flavors Radio. Well, there's a bridge and there's a river that I still must cross as I'm going on my journey. Oh, I might be lost, and there's a road I have to follow, a place I have to go. Well, no one told me just how to get there, but when I get there, I know, cause I'm taking it.
shout out George Flavors in the chat room, Joy McKay, Juliet Adu, Mark Philogene, Norbert from Castries, and Shaz Dunks. Hey, is that Cuzzy? Is that my Cuzzy? Is that you, Sharona? Yes.
station. Tune into the George Flavors Reggae Show Wednesdays 9 to 11 UK, 5 to 7 Eastern. AllFlavorsRadio.com. Tell him Eve's Lewis say so. To our quail lovers from around the world, come join DJ Nige for two hours of solid quail music right across the genres. Cadence music, Zook music, Audrell music, Lacomet, anything quail. It will be broadcast right here on All Flavors Radio with your host DJ Nige with a short year show, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. GMT each and every Saturday. See you there. You're listening to AllFlavorsRadio.com. Catch DJ Laro on Sundays with the Caribbean Party, 12 to 2, and the Vibe Show, Tuesdays, 8 till 10, on All Flavors Radio. AllFlavorsRadio.com, the people's number one station. Best music, the best presenters, the best station. Call us now on 07895-134713. That's 07895-134713. Oh yeah, that was the dulcet tones there of Beyonce. With love on top. And I keep forgetting the one before that. Do you remember what one I played before that one? It was Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney Houston, step by step. And that is the point, isn't it? Step by step, day by day, mile by mile. And that's how we have to live this this life nowadays. What do you think? Yep, day by day. Day by day. Definitely day by day. Yeah. And just going on from what we were speaking about... Um, as regards to Jeremy Whiston and and highlighting it about education, there's actually a company, and I think they're called the Hundred Black Interns. I don't know if it's a company, but they are like a foundation where they have a hundred internships for black students and recent graduates in investments and management, which I think is amazing. That's very good. Um, their website is 100blackinterns.com. If you have just recently finished university or if you are um, in- interested to learn about investment and management, go ahead because I-, I saw that they were taking applications and they're looking for, or they're offering a black students across the UK like a Kickstarter to their career in investment and management. And they have 200 of the leading industry players within, I guess, finance and management. Mm. And, yeah, it's a, it's a source really to get them, you know, the talent and the, the, the you know, a long-term kind of paid way into the, or a pathway into investment and management. Mm. What, are your, what are your thoughts on that, Lily? I think it's excellent. I've always kind of... Um advocate internships I think a lot of people just want to jump into employment um, without realizing what they're getting themselves into Um, with an internship it gives you that experience and as well you go for a job and they say oh you need to have such and such an experience Mm. but you haven't been able to build that experience so internships give you that um, opportunity to build the experience Mm. um, whilst working in the normal environment it's not just a two-week work experience it's um, up to placement. six weeks I think they said or was mm. it six months I think it's six weeks and it's paid as well it's a paid oh, internship that's good. usually yeah. internships are you don't get paid for it mm. but it's very good and it's over the summer of 2021 so you've got plenty of time if you know any young people that have just graduated and are looking for maybe an investing or investment management kind of course mm-hmm. or going into a company there are some very big named companies uh, there that are looking for interns 
and that's here in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. And I saw a really big name on the list, Morgan and Stanley Investment Management. That was wow. one of the big ones. So it's, there's about 200 of these companies online that are looking, CPP Investments, Crescent Capital Group, Deutsche Bank Treasury. So wow. there's some very, very big names there that are looking for black interns. Uh, like I said, it's 100 black interns.com if you know anyone that's interested in that then that's something really worthwhile looking into yeah I posted the link into the chat the deadline for um applications is the november the 13th at 5 p.m not 501 5 p.m and um they should expect a response by the end of december so they will get a response pretty quickly to know if they've got this program november and then getting a response by december Mm. Let's hope that they get a, a big con- conglomerate. Conglomerate. <laughs> yeah, I can't say the word. <laughs> Let's hope they get a lot of people mm-hmm. that are, that want to apply. And what a kickstart to a career. Definitely. You know? And I think this is the time to spread the word as well, especially um, in these uncertain times where a lot of people have been in uncertain employment for example Mm. these are the good these are good directions to kind of um, signpost our youth in um because i know when i was in school these opportunities weren't really maybe they were there but they were never made available to me i didn't know about them um so whenever we do see these kind of opportunities that are being posted and shared please do um you know, repost them, put your on, put them on your social media, put them yeah. in your WhatsApp stories, you know, make sure everybody out there gets an opportunity. Yeah. Because um, we all know what we would have, what we would feel like if someone had given us the opportunity when we were 18. So. And there's always opportunity out there. This, this internship as well, it says it will be with the leading firm and you have the, the person that obviously applies will have the opportunity to develop soft skills financial skills and most importantly join a network Mm. of high achieving professionals so really learning from the cream the creme de la creme as Mm. they say so why not it's something amazing and there's no harm in applying there's definitely no harm in applying getting your name seen um by these companies and Mm. someone said something to me um i can't remember what job he did but it was a very very it was in investment banking or something mm. like that. And he basically, I think he worked in uh, Woolworths. Do you remember yeah. when, obviously, when Woolies, everyone, yeah. everyone remembers Woolworths. And some a banker walked into Woolworths to buy something. And he saw the young boy calculating up the money, mm. calculating it. Um, or the young boy saw him either way. And the gentleman said to him, oh, were you interested in in maths have you ever thought about banking he was like well not no not really mm. um and this investment banker gave him his card and he said call me i'd like to show you what i do yeah. and he's an investment banker now he earns awesome. a, a lot of money um just because someone saw a young man and wanted to give him an opportunity and this wasn't a black man that saw a young black boy it was a a white guy who saw this young black boy Mm. working in Woolworths and thought 
Mm. He looks like a good worker. You gave him an opportunity. So that's it. That breaks the colour barrier, really, isn't Completely. it? It's not, not, it's not anything. It's not that, you know. So we all look out for each other, mm. regardless of, yes, this is 100 black men. And it's great to have that opportunity because often we do get overlooked. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really wonderful because we know that with white privilege, they'll get the opportunities. Mm. You know, maybe some don't, maybe some don't. They some get don't. Just as Disadvantage as... doesn't just mean black. Disadvantage yeah. means you grow up in an area that doesn't have the opportunities posted on your school's yes. notice board for you to see. That's mm. what disadvantaged means. And I think as black people, we do obviously feel more disadvantaged yeah. because we look, <laughs> we fall into the look-like category. We mm. look like we're disadvantaged. Um, but no, it doesn't just mean that you're of an ethnic background disadvantaged. could be no. the young English boy that grew up, grew up down the street. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. We spoke about the um, free school meals last week. Um, that is not just applicable to people in, in black areas. Yeah. That's everybody. That yeah. is applicable to, you know? You know, so this with this one again, it says that they'll teach you about hedge funds. Wow. Yeah. And what else is there? Investment management and, you know, private equity, credit and real estate. Do, does anyone out there know about these topics? You know, so this is amazing. Also pension funds as well. So it's a lot to learn. Mm. And you learn that within that the time period that they that they've set mm. so I'll say that again 100blackinterns.com check that out and if you know anyone that's just finished university and are looking for an internship mm. paid internship wow. definitely pass on that information and yeah you can go on and apply and like Lily said you'll know by December if you do mm. but the deadline again when, what was the date Lee? November the 13th uh, is the deadline 5pm so make sure you get it in by 4.45. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's this, you know, when you go to uni, there's this thing called turn it in. Oh, yeah. And this turn it in, if you are one minute late, you get your assignment gets rejected. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so be five minutes early as opposed to five minutes late. That reminded me of, of that, so turn it in. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, we're shouting out everyone out there in All Flavours land. Thanks for tuning in and coming along. And just shouting out everyone in the, the chat rooms, everyone out there in tu- on TuneIn, all the DJs that done an amazing job over the start end. Mr. Fix It last night, as well as DJ Slim. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'll give you sh- uh, all of the DJs a little shout out in a little, little while. And also, if you're listening, listening on the lowdown, please come and join us in the chat room. Yeah, it's nice and cosy in there. There's a few of us in there, so come and join us there. So, Lily, in you saying about, you, you, you just said something about it's not about ethnicity or something, but there's something on the TV tonight, and it's, it's Emma DeBiris, and she's speaking about, she's the publisher of a book called Don't Touch My Hair, and it's highlighting politics and hair. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Why'd you laugh? <laughs> Why do I laugh? Yeah. Because this 
is such an aggravating topic for me when okay. it comes to hair. Yeah. Um, this is where culture does cross boundaries. Cross boundaries. Yeah. That a uh, a white person at work can tell me that my hair is not appropriate because it's purple, but my colleague has got rainbow coloured hair <laughs> and she's white. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what um, Emma speaks about. I think it's on Channel 4. And she also had a modern and contemporary art sale. It was on the 15th of October, but I didn't know about this. I've just, it was my friend Michelle that highlighted this to me today. So I've done a little bit of research in it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she she's, yeah, she's, it's really lovely art, actually. It was a lovely exhibition. And... Yeah, so that was on the 15th of October. Mm-hmm. But she, this this documentary, she interviewed quite a range of people. Okay. And it, it was about, it was de- depicting like African hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sat down and discussed the history of it and how she says it's called Hair Power, Me and My Afro. Mm. All right, so it's about men and women, they're sharing their stories about their journeys to celebrating their natural hair because... This is, I mean, I, I always recall people being natural, even watching Babylon. I watched Babylon, it's yeah. a film on Netflix, um, the other day. This, this was set in the 70s. Now, politically, a lot of things just have not changed. Mm. Okay, but the hairstyles, they were very natural back in the 70s. All right? Yeah. However, there was a blip, I guess, to the 80s mm. where the hair started changing, yeah. wigs long hair, I don't know where all that come from. Mm. All right. Although a lot of people used to relax their hair. Yeah, I used to be one. Okay. And then there was one woman that said that when she was relaxing her hair, she relaxed her hair and she ended up with a load of scabs in it because, you know, that stuff used to burn you if you left it on too long, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they just she goes into, like, the, the journey of just changing from, from whatever, aesthetically, mm. to... to Oh, is that the right word, aesthetics, to natural? All right, trying not to be Eurocentric, but but celebrating the natural. So what is your opinion on hair? Let's let's speak about this for a moment, because mm. obviously you have um, locks, so you're natural, natural, natural. Mm. What is your opinion as a black woman on hair? I think black women... Most women look beautiful in their natural form. Okay. Right. I don't know about them eyelashes that you think you're going to fly out of your eyes and just fly off somewhere. I love, a, I love a good set of lashes. <laughs> no, no, no. But some <laughs> of them are just outrageous. I'm like, how do they see? Like, you know, I have worn them on stage. Mm. All right. But they just come straight off. I couldn't sleep with those. But, you know, so I, I poked my eye trying to put one on one time as well. So it's, it's a lot of work trying to, to be unnatural. But that's the face. What about the hair? I want I want to know specifically about hair because yeah. I I don't understand. Like I know what I was like when I had relaxed hair. When I had relaxed hair it was very very easy. Just comb it into a bun mm. and that was that. And I do get quite frustrated sometimes with my natural hair. I will never go back to having relaxed hair. Yeah. Um but I do get frustrated sometimes with my natural hair. But then when a non-white person comments on my hair. I get a bit. Is it normally quite positive? 
Or is it negative? It is positive. But I feel like I'm a bit of a chameleon. My hair is always changing. I never have the same hairstyle for mm. longer than a two weeks. <laughs> a certain period of time. Sometimes it's longer than two weeks. But there's always a comment. Okay. Is that and it's, work? it's not usually from the same people. Sometimes it's different people. But there's always a comment. Mm. But then if someone else comes into work, is not black. Yeah. No one really comments when they change their hair. So why is my hair a centre of the conversation? Because it's so versatile. That's possibly why. Because you change it so often. <laughs> that might be the reason why. No. I mean, I have lots of nice different styles. Yeah. You know, I'm always styling my hair differently. And I've just been so used to... Initially, getting used to my face was, yeah. was a thing. Like just having the natural hair growing out mm. so just you know even now I think oh sometimes I want to just cut the lot off you mm. know and you're like that no no you're not allowed whereas before like what are you walks what are you locking for yeah. you know it's like two ends of the scale yeah. um so so it was getting used to the face mm. but thereafter it's just about loving yourself isn't it and loving yourself in your nat- most naturalist form that's what I think yeah that's my opinion on the matter so it's, it's look being able to look in the mirror and say you are so beautiful i do i tell my that myself that in the morning good yeah well done look in the mirror first thing like that no <laughs> <laughs> no but you know yeah so here i know last year there were articles about there was one student he couldn't graduate because he had locks yeah you know this is where the politics start to take over mm. and there was one young boy that was excluded from school mm. because of his natural hair you know where do they they're crossing boundaries i had because... a student who started um and she was she had purple hair she had mm. braids and she had a bit of lilac and some purple it's very nice and she got told she had to take them out because they were purple. Mm. And then it was another member of my team who isn't black turned around to the person and said, no, you can't tell her that. Mm. That's, no. It's her personal choice, isn't that it? Is, that is her identity. You cannot yeah. tell her what colours she can have in her hair because mm. colleague over there has got blue, pink and purple in her hair. Yeah. There was a Died. law. I think there was a law in the States that women, mm. that black women, they, because they used to have these elaborate hairstyles, natural yeah. hairstyles. And I think it was uh, Morgan, uh, what's his name? I've, I wrote his in one of my books, is Morgan. I've got to work the, na- the name out. And the guy that done the gas mask and the traffic lights. Mm-hmm. If anyone could tell us out there who the inventor of the traffic lights and the, what did I just say? Traffic lights and the gas mask was... Is someone Morgan? Yeah, I might shout you uh, a little mm-hmm. uh, history book. All right, the Mosey meets John Lee Love at Broken Pencil book. If anyone can tell us out there. So yeah, so they they had these elaborate hairstyles, and thus they were told to cover up, mm. and that's where we get the head wrap from. Okay. And then we start. You know, we black people are creative. You know. Well, I'm. Rebellious. I was told when I started my training mm. that I wasn't. The they said to the whole group, "You are not allowed to dye your hair any color. You cannot go naturally." Mm. So I dyed my hair red. Really? 
We can go because red actually, can't we? We can go red naturally. Yes. We can be blonde. Yes. There are blonde hair, blue-eyed, curly, lovely hair, black people, yeah. Aborigines. Yeah. And and I think they're in a, a one of the African yeah. con- countries. So I you can't say... You can say to me you can't dye your hair any any colour. You but that did that that was younger Alicia when it's a bit of a rebel. Hey. But then the other girls who weren't black, they could dye their hair blonde, red, because technically they someone, could go in they the colour that colour naturally. Yeah. That's discrimination. You can't do that in the workplace. That's right, Juliet. Juliet, it was Garrett Morgan. Yeah, it was Garrett Morgan. So let's get your details and you can get a signed copy of Mosey meets John Lee Love, The Broken Pencil. Um, yeah, so there you have it. This, this is a, a documentary that's on tonight on Channel 4. It's on around 10.15. And it's Emma DeBaris, I think her name is. She's a broadcaster and author of Don't Touch My Hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book that speaks about the shifting cultural status of black hair from pre-colonial Africa to Western pop culture mm-hmm. and beyond so that that sounds like a really good read that does actually mm. what are you reading at the moment i'm reading the 10x rule by grant cordon okay and how is it what's that what's the the, the basis behind that the concept yeah. is anything that you want to do you do it times 10 okay so for example in sales for example because this is what he's kind of talking about if you work a sales job and you know that you have to speak to um, a per- one person an hour mm. in order to make 10 sales a day, then you try your best to speak to 10 people an hour to maximise maximize your chances. That sounds like a really, really good book. It's a very good book. Yeah, I've just finished CJ, um, John C. Maxwell. And that one was all about attitude and ch- it's changing, I can't remember, see, Difference Maker, I think it's called. Okay. Really good book. Mm. So what I've been doing, now that the clocks have gone back. <laughs> One way. <laughs> yes, which is great, because it's lighter in the morning. Yeah. I can just get that, because that, my, my, my whole body clock went out of sync. Mm. I was really, really tired, but now that it's gone back, it's, it's, it's regulated, so up at five, and in, in that mode and getting on with things so there you go there you have it all right so check her out tonight and yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on hair does it matter to you guys what do you like your women to be like do you like them natural do you like them uh, what's it pre-colonial looking let us know or well, not pre-colonial post-colonial yes lily and should hair and politics even be in the same sentence very true should hair and politics be in the same sentence and we are also running a competition yes all right so if you've been listening to us for the past month for black history month we have spoken about a few one black men that are making some great waves in society now but also we spoke about history characters mm-hmm. that had made an impact in history so if you can name at least two characters from the discussions that we've had that you remember uh you can have an all flavors t-shirt but if you can name four four of the characters that they've either been mentioned in the adverts 
they've been mentioned during the show, then you'll get, if you can name four, you'll get the T-shirt and a signed copy of Mosey Meets John Lee Love, The Broken Pencil. All right? So let's, let's, let's see how we go with that. You're listening to The Draft Time Show on oldravensradio.com. Yeah! All right! Oh 
turns by day and then by night It turns by night And now at last we plainly see The alphabet of liberty Liberty The world is black, the world is white It turns by day and then by night Your child is black, your child is white Together they grow to see the light To see the Flavors Radio plays what you want to hear when you want to hear it 24-7. Oh yeah, that was Marcia. And Dave, was it? Bob and Marcia. Bob and Marcia. (laughs) My memory is just going. And also Greyhound with Black and White. And what really inspirational songs. Mm. First off, to be young, gifted and black. All right, and um, black and white. The ink is black, the page is white. Yeah. Together, we learn to read and write. What powerful words. Yeah, definitely. All right, so when we think about it, we all need each other, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So let's not forget that because we can get so caught up. That that article that um, with Emma Debris that I spoke about, they went in and started to speak about the whole George Floyd Mm. and BLM. And I'm like, why are they pushing? I know that it's very important that we understand these things that are going on, Mm -hmm. but is there going to be any point? Is there always going to be friction and them and us kind of mentality? Or are we just going to live and work together in unity? Do you think that's even possible? Do you guys out there think that it's possible to live in unity just everyone together because we're all humankind. Mm. Hue means colour. Hue. Human means mankind. All right, so we're all in this together. Mm. Right? So let us know. 07-895-134-713. That's 07-895-134-713. So what's been in the news a lot this week is what's going on in Nigeria. And it's quite sad really when you see all of that killing that's going on and it's all to do with the special anti-robbery squad SARS all right and this is a Nigerian it's like there's a young movement that have come up against it's called hashtag uh NSARS Mm -hmm. because this squad that was founded by this Simeon Danalandi says that it was founded in 92 and it was a it was a by a police police commissioner, Delandi, and the reason that it was formed was when Colonel Rindman of the Nigerian army army was killed by police officers at a checkpoint in Lagos. That you know they 
set it up then. Mm. However, it's what it seems is that this SARS squad that was set up, they're just a group of renegades. Mm. And now, I mean, we know that the the African government is a corrupt one, and that you can, you know, I know someone told me when they're driving in in Nigeria that they carry cases of beer in the back for the police at checkpoints. That's how bad that it is. But now, obviously, it's all spilled out, hasn't it? Yeah. And people are losing their lives. Yeah, because there was a group of protesters um, that they were peacefully protesting Mm. and they reportedly were shot dead and wounded um, at at one of these protests against the police. Mm. I'm sure I heard on the radio as well, they're not releasing or they haven't confirmed that that has actually happened. Right. Um, but I think it most probably has. Yeah, there was a young man that, that um, I think he's the one that wrote this article, and he was saying that he was so they were so brutalised because they got to this checkpoint, they were told to, whose car is this? It was his car. Mm. He thought they'd, they'd thought he'd stolen it from the parents, and he, they had an um, AK-47 to his head. Oh and this is law enforcement. <laughs> this is seems to be what law enforcement is like across the board, mm. right? But it was set up as something to protect the people. However, it's turned into something that the people just don't need. I mean, do we not see history repeat, <laughs> repeating itself here? As It's always something that's been set up in, For good. in a way to help people. Yeah. And then it's been turned around... And it's being used against the people. Mm. Police in this country are supposed to be protecting the people. Are they? I don't think so. The police in America are supposed to be there to to Law serve and, and protect. Yes. Serve and protect. Are they doing that? No. These this SARS um squad was set mm. up because of someone who lost their life in a way that they shouldn't have. Mm. I mean, any any death is, you know, but this has been set up to protect this person, or to protect these people, and look at the outcome that it's had here. When you give man control, when you give them power, when you give them some form of elevation, it's like it's a disease, it's yeah. poison. Yeah, yeah. You give them any form of you know, a little bit more resp- of a little bit more responsibility mm. and they don't know how to handle themselves. Well, it's quite sad. There's a lot of protesting going on and there's a lot of protesting going on here now, mm. obviously. And this it says a protest which takes name from the slogan started in twenty seventeen as a Twitter campaign, hashtag NSARS. You know, to, it says to disband the unit by the Nigerian government. Mm. You know. And there, it's just beggar's belief. This, this like the world is gone mad, the world's gone crazy. It really has. Yeah. Um, Hortense was asking about the competition. It's named two characters from the discussions that we've had on the show. So if you've been listening, you'll know that we've spoken of various characters. If you can name two characters, you'll get an all flavors T-shirt. If you can name four, you'll get an all flavors T-shirt plus a signed copy of Mosey Meets John Lee Love. And if you come into the chat room and just um, ch- type in the chat, then we'll, we'll, yeah, that's the competition. Also, we'd like to let Kimmy B know that she won the Mosey Meets 
John Lee Love book on the, la- the two shows ago. Yeah. That we won that competition. And Beverly, who won it, was it at the beginning of the month? Yes, yeah, she she's, won that. She's happy. I think I've got to sign that book, actually. But you had to bring it back, didn't you? So, <laughs> yeah. So Beverly won the competition at the beginning of the month. And we will be running these competitions um, regularly because it's nice just to get everyone involved. And just shouting out George Flavors, DJ Laro, who is on from 8 to 10 tonight, Juliet... Mark Philogene, who's on from 10 to 12. Mr. Fix-It, you've done an awesome job last night. Really, really great. Mr. Fix-It is on on a Monday, Friday, and also a Sunday. Please check out the schedule just to see who's playing on the the show. And also Norbert from Castries. And everyone that's tuned in, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts on what we've been speaking about tonight? We've spoken about many different things. And really, you know, what are your thoughts? Call us on 07-895-134-713. But I must say it is now 7.35 and we've come to that time, Lily, where we play... Live and unsigned. Live and not everyone's unsigned. So we're going to call it like the live section. Okay. From artists, UK artists that are showcasing. And tonight we have... If you recall, we had the call notes in last week, didn't we? Yes. And I was, I've just started going for my CDs and I, I had this one here. It's from Heather, Heather Haywood. And um, it's a lovely track. It's called Treat Me Right. I need a man that's true when to treat me right. Squeeze me, squeeze me, squeeze me. Breaking my heart 
Don't stop till we've had Heather Haywood. Also Roy Hamilton. And that was myself and Niambi, along with DiCarlo on the Galdem. We've done that track a while ago, actually. And yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we've really come to the end of the night, haven't we? How time flies when one is having fun, right? Yes, time does go rather quickly. It does, it really does. And there was another um, topic that I wanted to discuss, and that was another bill that was being introduced by the government. Mm. But I think we'll have to discuss that next week, because because what it does is it actually infringes on it's human rights, our rights as well. Mm. Okay, I'm trying to look. It's like a there's an anagram of it. It's called the Covert Human Intelligence Source Criminal Conduct Bill. Yeah, they've passed that. And so it gives them kind of uh, uh, laws in which they can go in and just make have them. Yeah, not just making rules. No, no, no. It's not making rules without them. No, they're doing as far as murdering people. Because what, what it is, is that in Ireland, there's certain things that are going through, so someone was murdered out there. Mm. Um, what do they call it when you you go and protest against crimes against humanity? Yeah. So what it is, is that they've got this law, this new law in place, all right, and it really, first of it affects the agricultural bill, mm-hmm. which will lower the food standards in this country. Okay. That's one thing. So it's farming, all that stuff, they'll just do it a different way immigration it affects immigration as well and mm. um, which will make it harder to recruit within the nhs okay right that's another thing and so many various other things that this law 
is going to affect. Mm. And if we, I mean, I don't know if the bill has been passed yet. So there was a petition that was going around regarding it, but mm. we'll discuss that next time. Okay. Because I think that it's something really important that we need to have, touch yeah, to touch on. So guys, if you check this out, all right, I don't know if you have already, if you've seen it, it's called the Covert Human Intelligence Criminal Conduct intelligence sources criminal conduct bill i'm not sure if that's gone through yet but we'll we'll touch a bit more on that next week all right because as well as yes it's not black history month anymore but like you said at the start of the show lily is black history isn't just for one month no it's not just one we're black every month exactly black every single month and we're dealing with different issues on a daily basis and like I said earlier, problem shared is a problem halved. If there's stuff in our community that needs sharing, we share that. All right. Mm-hmm. And if there's things that are going to affect us and our children too, again, we need to speak up about these things. Just shouting out John J.E. He's listening to us on the bus on his way home. He's just finished work. And also all of the All Flavours DJs. As you know, we play a variety of music on this station and have some amazing DJs that play every single night do check out the schedule I think after me is DJ Laro he's on from 8 till 10 and also DJ Mark Jean, who's on from 10 until 12 I think Charlie Mew is on tomorrow and John J.E. will be on tomorrow as well and also George Flavors so please check out the schedule and like I said there's a variety of music every day 24-7 on allflavoursradio.com. So we're going to be wrapping it up. And you know that we were going through the universal laws, the 12 universal laws. Yeah. All right, I've got it here. So I thought that we'd go through this one here, the 48 laws of power. Okay. And this is a book by Robert Greene. Guys, if you can, go out and get it because it's a really amazing book. So I saw Law 45... All right, Law 45 in this book, I thought it was quite apt to discuss it Mm -hmm. tonight because it says, preach the need for change, but never reform too much at once. Yeah? Do you want to break that down? So teach the need or preach the need to check for change. Mm -hmm. So it's really great that we we say we ask for change, Mm -hmm. but reform... Change and reform. Reform means that we've got to just change the whole of everything. Right? Let's do it a little bit at a time. Mm. It's like we spoke about the education within the football Mm. academies. Like we spoke uh, about the the hair. Mm. All right? We've seen changes in that and how it's politically become some issue Mm. about hairstyles from our, our culture. Yes. And also, what else did we speak about? About global warming and our contributions yeah our carbon footprint how these things are important so preach the need for change but never reform Mm. because it's too much at a time and we know that it's brick by brick remember Whitney Houston sang that earlier didn't she step by step brick by brick so I thought that one was quite apt you know and it goes into explain it a bit more but I'm just going to say the the actual law preach Mm. the need for change but never reform too much at once all right so think about that if you can get that book it's a really good one robert green 48 laws of power you can even listen to it on youtube on audiobook lovely yes 
it's all broken down there for you, you know? So that's really good. So yeah, any last thoughts, Lily? Um, last thoughts. So today we've spoken about a number of topics. Um, and one that is always very close to, I won't say my heart, but one that I really do um, think is important is, again, we share condolences to Jeremy, Jeremy mm. Wiston's family. And we need to keep on accepting that depression um, is a real illness. It's a hidden illness. Depression in our young men is mm. something that is is there. Yeah. And, you know, be that person that if you are... Um, aware of someone that's going through a rough time maybe they've been laid off for them from their job or you know they're not in the place that they want to be mm. and they're having a bit of a low a low moment yes they are strong yes they are manly if you want to use that word yes they can be um you know they they will pick themselves up eventually um, but sometimes, just like when a baby falls over, they might need a bit of help. Yeah, a bit of a cuddle and a kiss, just there in the moment. Just give them that hand, that yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. And know and look for the look for if you don't know what help to give them, look for the help for them. Absolutely. And like it says, look out for them as well, isn't it? Mm. In the sense of someone might say, "Oh, I'm okay," but sometimes the demeanour changes. Yes. Sometimes there's a drop in energy. Yes. There's many, many, you know, little signs that something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. So look out for the signs, especially if you're close to someone. And there are a lot of people that are alone and lonely as well out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, befriend your neighbours. Mm -hmm. That's what we used to do. My neighbour over there, like I said, that we've got to work together. Yeah. I said, if you need a cup of sugar, knock on my door, I'll give you a cup of sugar. Yeah. You know, because that's what we used to be like. And we used to have such a sense of community whereas now it's just like no going indoors shut my door what happens if it happens behind my door don't no one disturb me but then sometimes in moments we need you know we need that hand and i think a lot of people don't realize as well you know when we sort of talk about acting out it's not always they become the recluse Mm. sometimes they may become the other end of the spectrum really aggressive Mm. really you know just heated all the time and that's also a sign that something's not right yeah if that's not if they are out of character Mm. then press and find get answers and don't don't show you that concern because you know it's needed definitely all right so beautiful people thank you so much for joining us tonight we hope you've enjoyed the the show and just shouting out all the djs George George Flavors, Mr. Fix It, the original Mr. Fix It, DJ Slim, Charlie Muir, John J.E., Ninja Man Lloyd, and Mark Philogene, DJ Clint, DJ Nige, and yes, guys, doing a fantastic job. And like we say, if you'd like to join the station, please go along to the site and just sign the form, just go in, and I'm sure that you'll be sorted out. So, guys... Have a wonderful rest of the week and we'll see y'all on the other side. Take care. The People's Station. If you're in your car and a child ran out in front of you right now, could you stop? Think.
slow down. Have you ever wondered what therapy is and even considered using a therapist? Here on All Flavors Radio, we're inviting you to listen to some therapeutic approaches which you may find useful. Join me, Darnell, for a taste of therapy on All Flavors Radio on Thursdays, 10 p.m. GMT with DJ Caddy. Club Zook mashup session with Ninja Man Lloyd. Thursdays, 8 to 10. Saturdays, 2 to 4. Sundays, 10 to midnight. Zook mashup session on allflavorsradio.com. Anuale! Tune in to the George Flavors Reggae Show. Wednesdays, 9 to 11 UK. 5 to 7 Eastern. Allflavorsradio.com. Tell him Eve's Lewis say so. To all quail lovers from around the world, come join DJ Nigel for two hours of solid quail music right across the genres. Cadence music, Zook music, Quadril music, Lacomet, anything quail. It will be broadcast right here on All Flavors Radio with your host DJ Nigel with a short year show, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. GMT, each and every Saturday. See you there. You're listening to AllFlavorsRadio.com. Catch DJ Laro on Sundays with the the Caribbean Party, 12 to 2, and The Vibe Show, Tuesdays, 8 till 10, on All Flavors Radio. AllFlavorsRadio.com, the people's number one station. Best music, the best presenters, the best station. (laughs) 